Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Good morning and welcome to the award-winning podcast, Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. I'm Kendra Petroni and today we're shining the spotlight on an incredible woman. Kate Middlemas is the president and co-founder of the Joseph Middlemas Big Heart Foundation. She's an educator and most importantly, Kate is the loving mother of three children. She and her husband, Scott, co-founded the Joseph Middlemas Big Heart Foundation after the sudden loss of their six-year-old son, Joseph, from cardiomyopathy. Kate has made it her mission to support other heart families and to promote cardiomyopathy awareness and research. One of their ways their foundation is making an impact is through their annual Heartball event, which is coming up on February 3rd. We're so thrilled to talk with Kate this morning and spread the word about the event. Good morning, Kate. Welcome back to the show. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. You know, I actually, fun fact, I think you were my first ever Exceptional Women interview back in 2016. I've been here at Magic now for eight years, and I think you were the very first person that we ever featured with me working here on the show. Thank you for the honor. For those that may not be familiar with your backstory, you're a mom of three beautiful children, Joseph, Jack, and Grace. Ten years ago, on September 23rd, 2013, your life changed in a flash. If you can, would you share Joseph's story? Because it kind of set the stage for what you're doing now. Absolutely. Um, Joseph was actually born in 2007 with a um, rare heart condition, um, cardiomyopathy. And my husband, Scott, and my eyes were kind of opened to a brand new world that we had not been part of before, and that's the pediatric heart world and what it means to be a medically involved parent and a heart parent. Um, Joseph did okay as time went on, spent a lot of time at Boston Children's Hospital with exceptional staff um, caring for him and helping him to live with heart disease and not die from heart disease. Um, And that was our goal as parents, to help him, although he had this condition, to help him live and thrive and make the most of every single day. And he did that um, despite his many, many um, roadblocks and complications and all the things that life threw at him. Mm -hmm. He just had this joy and beauty and life and spirit about him. And that's what we held on to. He really lived that way each and every day um, and was doing well medically. He actually was in, he went to preschool, kindergarten, 
Um, and again, we were kind of looking at this as a condition that we could treat and mm-hmm. to keep, um, you know, keep him going. Yeah. So when he passed away in 2013, people often say, well, it wasn't unexpected. He had a heart condition, and you knew it was, you know, a life-threatening, serious heart condition. But I think it's that he was doing so well and that we were so focused on each day Mm -hmm. that it was just kind of blindsided us. Um, As any parent who would lose a child, we crumbled. Um, It was a horrific time in 2013, Um, just really frozen in pain, in grief. And then I think it was actually worse that that grief and pain and sadness turned into anger. Um, Scott and I found ourselves being just angry at the world. How could this happen? You know, we had worked so hard to do the right thing, to be good people, and how in the world could this happen? Um, We found ourselves for the next days just locked in this pain, anger, and noticed people around us. You know, that's what we were giving off into the world. And I'm not sure if it was my little guy's spirit who helped us out or inner strength. I'm not sure still. But we made a conscious decision in December of 2013 um, that we weren't going to continue being angry every single day. We were going to start doing things in his honor and his memory to try to live as he did and give that back to the world. And it started really simple. Um, we just started doing things that he enjoyed, going to places, and instead of enjoying them ourselves, we mm-hmm. paid it forward, did different things for other people. And that's really where um, we got the idea to build his foundation, and a foundation that would touch lives for years to come, just doing something with our pain instead of sitting with it and turning something horrific and tragic into just getting up and having making the conscious decision to yeah. move forward and do something good as he taught us. And, you know, it, it's so odd for me because I, I know your family. And for anybody that doesn't know the Middlemas family, I and I talk about this with my mom and my, my friends and family members all the time, your family is one of the most selfless, charitable and caring families. I mean, the work that you guys do, and we'll get into that a little later on. So it's, it's so amazing to hear that you did have that, that anger and that emotion, which is, of course, understandable, but you do so much all the time. It's incredible to me to think that you were ever at that point because of what you're doing now. And, and just to continue on that for just a second, 33 days before Joseph's passing, you had your second son, Jack, who you later found out was also suffering from the same same issue from cardiomyopathy. And so I'm sure you were probably thinking at that moment, here we go again, right? Yep. And then how do you mentally and physically keep moving forward? Yeah, I forgot to add that part in yeah. there, that um, right before Joseph passed away, Jack, my second son, was born with the same heart condition. Even though he had done years of research and it wasn't expected to be a genetic condition, So it was that balance between, you know, keep moving, carrying out goodness in Joseph's name and Mm -hmm. going through the whole process again, not knowing the outcome with the second child. Um, And we thank God for Jack. Um, 
I hate that he has the same condition, but it kept us, we couldn't 100% crumble. We had to keep yeah. moving. And it also showed us um, just the goodness in the community and other people around us. And sure. that truly inspired us. We couldn't take care of him alone. Um, he was 33 days old. His brother passed away. We fell apart, and the community came together. Friends, family members, everyone stepped in to Mm -hmm. be with Jack at the hospital, help us through those first weeks and months and years. Um, And that was also kind of an impetus that we saw, wow, this is just brought out the goodness, and we could see the goodness around us, surrounding us. How is he doing now? How is Jack doing now? I'm happy to say he's he's doing really, really well. He received the gift of a heart transplant after we met last um, in 2018. He, and it was actually in February, um, Pediatric Heart Awareness Month, um, right in the middle of it all. We had our heart ball in 2018, and a week after, um, we got the call that after many years on the transplant waiting list that there was a heart available for him and it it was just a moment I can never explain but truly here we are an organization that promotes kindness and giving and Mm -hmm. opening yourself to others and pediatric heart awareness and here's another family in their greatest time of need doing exactly that for us and giving us the chance for Jack to have a different story and for him to be given the gift of life um He's doing fabulous. I have to mention that, you know, transplant isn't cure still. Um, That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, the care for afterwards. A lot of people said, you know, transplant, it's a cure. We're good now, right? Yeah. And it is the most amazing gift, but it's not a cure. And and we work to help support continued, you know, research to make it a longer-lasting cure. So Jack still goes through a lot, lots of tests, lots of appointments, but day to day he is thriving and doing things that, you know, typical kids his age are doing and and things that his older brother never could. And finally, we have to talk about the little lady, Grace, the princess, (laughs) the third one. Tell us about her and how she's doing and how she fits in to this incredible journey that your family has gone through. So I'm actually sitting in my kitchen right now, and up on the wall is a sign that Joseph got his last Christmas. Um, It's a sign. He loved the Beatles, and it's a Beatles sign that he got from a friend, and it's been on our wall since. And it reads, remember to let her enter your heart, and you can start to make it better. Mm -hmm. And that is our grace. Um, It's so ironic that Joseph received this Beatles sign with those words on it, the last, his last Christmas with us. And then years later, um, beautiful Grace would unexpectedly come into our lives. And truly, by us opening our hearts and letting her in, she's made it so much better. And Grace wasn't born with any heart conditions or any health issues that you know of, right? Correct. Since after Jack was born, we were able to identify the gene-causing mutation that caused the oh. boy's um, cardiomyopathy. It was, it was very unique, and I'm not sure if it would have been identified if Jack hadn't been born, and we could compare the boy's DNA with ours. Um, but we were. There was a newer gene identified, 
Um, and Grace does not have that gene. She's not a carrier for that gene. Wow. 100% heart healthy, thriving, feisty, fun little girl. That's a lot to go through in a short amount of time. I mean, and I can't imagine how you were able to pick up the pieces and move forward and and do what you're doing with this foundation. And now I kind of want to switch the focus to you because as a mom, I mean, it's being a parent is hard enough and going through what you were going through. And by the way, you were working. I mean, you were a teacher. You were a kindergarten teacher for 13 years. And so, you know, I know you took time off after Joseph. And now for you, what has it been like for you now getting back into the workforce? Are you having a hard time balancing it all? What is your goal for yourself getting back in um, into the workforce? And I think this speaks to so many women. I by no means feel like I am extraordinary because that balance that you just talked about is what I think so many women, especially I'm 45, so many women my age go through, especially some who took time out of work or chose to stay out of work for a while and then figuring out how to get back in. I didn't make the choice to leave my profession as a teacher. I had to. Um, It was just survival mode and doing that after Joseph passed and to take care of Jack. And for the past 10 years, I've been able to be home and be medical mom and, Mm -hmm. and manage everything and advocate for my children, but also have this part that I could run our foundation. Um, And it was a great, um, great part to have. I miss teaching, though. I miss being in the classroom, and that's my that's always been my passion. Um, so last year, I actually rejoined, kind of came back into the workforce part-time. I'm a reading tutor, inner city, and I love it. It has given me focus and enough time just to be with kids and to share that gift of learning that is at the core of who I am. Going forward, it's that balance. Um, do I go back full-time? Do I continue part-time? How much time do I put into the foundation and balancing typical mom activities? Yeah, it's a lot. It's hard. And right. I, I honestly think that's what makes so many women extraordinary, that they can make it look easy, but right. it really isn't. If you're just tuning in, you've been listening to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. I'm Kendra Petroni, and today we've been talking with Kate Middlemas, the co-founder of the Joseph Middlemas Big Heart Foundation. The foundation was created after Kate and her husband unexpectedly lost their six-year-old son, Joseph, to a heart condition 10 years ago. For the past 10 years, this incredible foundation has provided thousands of dollars in scholarships, countless community and family service initiatives, and helped to raise over $200,000 to the Children's Cardiomyopathy Foundation. Their biggest and most important fundraising event, the Heart Ball, is coming up on February 3rd at the Burlington Marriott. Funds raised at this event will go directly to supporting the three goals in their mission statement, which are spreading kindness, empowering children, and funding advancements in the field of pediatric cardiology while supporting the impacted families. Let's get back to our conversation. Let's talk about the Joseph Middlemas Big Heart Foundation. Sue and I have talked about this a lot when we have ever had anybody on this show that has gone through a similar situation that your family has gone through. It's always amazing to me, not only that that you went through something like that, but that you pick up the pieces and then you create this amazing thing to then help other people. Just just the the selflessness and the the 
caring and the loving thought to want to make a difference and help others is unbelievable. To have that power mentally and physically to be able to do that is extraordinary. So I want to talk about the Joseph Middlemiss Big Heart Foundation because what you've accomplished over the last 10 years, and I can't believe it's been 10 years. I'm sure you can't believe it. But I mean, just to name a few of some of the major accomplishments, I mean, over 150 buddy benches, and I love the buddy benches because I've got I've got three children. My two boys are both on the autism spectrum. So something like a buddy bench for my family is just a little way, a little way to spread kindness on the school grounds for maybe some kiddos who don't really have the ability to make friends easily like like my kids. So you've donated over 150 of them. I know my kids have seen them at their schools. You've got 110 kindness libraries that you've donated to schools throughout the country. And these are great. These are mobile bookshelves that you fill with books and literature that promote kindness. I mean, can you talk about some of these wonderful accomplishments? I mean, there's so many on this list. Could you share a couple more of them for our listeners? Yeah, um, it goes back to really our three goals. The first one, to continue spreading kindness. The second, as a family of educators, um, empowering children to do this and to move out of themselves um, was so important to us, so that's our second goal. And our third is to continue to support pediatric heart families, cardiomyopathy research, and move that medical field forward. I think in the last year, we've spent a really lot of time focusing on that second goal Mm -hmm. of empowering our youth. And I think it has been a result of just where the world is today, um, how a lot of people have turned into themselves. And we've seen this as teachers with our youth. So really wanting to um, help youth find different ways to look outside of themselves and to enrich their experiences. So this year we actually, we were proud to award um, $55,000 just to go to youth enrichment scholarships. Wow. Wow. This initiative started by, we had music and martial arts scholarships, because those were the things Joseph loved. Yeah, well, I was going to ask about that, too, because I know know he loved music and he loved the Beatles, and you partnered and helped fund a music therapy program at the Heart Center at Boston Children's Hospital. This is amazing to me. It's called The Joy Through Music. Just can you talk about that for a second? I mean, there are so many families listening that may have a child that are a patient at the hospital. You know, how can they get involved? Tell tell us a little bit more about that program, if you can, because music is so important. It was a great program, and um, it is a great program, I'm sorry, and it was actually founded by the Ethan Lindbergh Foundation and a fellow heart um, mom who did the same thing as us, that in her hour of grief uh, after losing her son to a pediatric heart condition, opened her foundation and started that program. And she reached out several years ago and said, you know, both of our boys, Ethan, her son, and Joseph, mine, loved music. And... She said it would be great if we could partner to continue the music program at Boston Children's and to have music therapists be available to go into the hospital rooms and just share that gift of music with the patients and the families. And sometimes it's during really hard procedures that the kids Mm -hmm. are going through. Someone will come in and play. Sometimes it's just downtime in the hospital where the children are able to um, play and get involved in music themselves. But it was really a program that, you know, highlighted 
something that was so special to our son, to our friend Jessica's son, Ethan, and so many others that we know the power of music. That's brilliant. I love that. And I want to get to the Heartball because that's that's your big <laughs> fundraising event. That's how all of this happens is through the Heartball. And it's coming up on February 3rd. It's the ninth year. First, uh, tell us how the event was started and what guests can expect that are coming this year to the event on February 3rd. So the event started actually 10 years ago. It was right after, it was the, you know, the, fall, the winter after Joseph's passing. And we had started um, doing acts of kindness in his memory. So it was a way to kind of highlight that, the very beginning of our foundation. But even more importantly, it was a group of friends and community members who got together and said, we need to get Kate and Scott out. Um, we need to highlight this mm-hmm. work they're doing, but also just get them up and out yeah. and to something fun. Um, so it was 100% put on by friends, family members, community members, and it ended up just being this beautiful night where people came out to celebrate Valentine's Day, yeah. but also just were able to see us kind of emerge from this darkness and laugh again and smile again. Um, and for the first time in a long time, we had a fun night. And I think people seeing that said, hey, this is kind of what Valentine's Day is about, um, just getting together and sharing love and fun and laughter, even with darkness in our lives and um, different issues in our lives, just getting together and celebrating that. And people after the first heartball had said, hey, is there going to be a second one? And that's when we started <laughs> turning it into <laughs> yeah, a fundraiser. So it's yeah. our fundraiser, but it's also a night just to celebrate um, to celebrate and have fun and to laugh. And we try to keep it that way and not make it all about sad stories and and raising money, which of course is important. But we try to make it this fun celebratory night where everyone can just for a short period of time at least be their best selves, enjoy themselves, have fun, and be together. And so for tickets, I want to give this out so our listeners can get tickets and go. jmbigheart.org, jmbigheart.org. We'll put a link up on our website as well. Um, And, you know, we have a lot of families that listen to us, and a lot of them, like I said, have experienced similar things that your family has gone through. What's the best advice or maybe encouragement that you could give to them if they're going through something like that now and maybe they're at the beginning stages of that? Find a way to, even if it doesn't seem possible, to get out of yourself mm-hmm. and look outside, look at others, notice the care that you're surrounded with, and try to take one step forward and do one simple thing that is good and powerful. Give it out to the world, and it is amazing how that opens our hearts and kind of opens us up to, reopens us up to not focusing on the anger, pain, and grief, but in giving back and doing something out of goodness and love. And sometimes it's just a simple step. That's what it was for us. I love that. Is there anything that you still haven't accomplished within the foundation that you hope to do in the future? There's so much, and it's always going through (laughs) what we want to do and what we, you know, and we're at that point at the 10-year point right now, what we want to still do and making our foundation bigger and well-known isn't necessarily, you know, the focus for us. It's continuing to do 
good work and to stick with our mission mm-hmm. and to be able to do that. Well, what your family is doing and has done is, is just beyond words. Honestly, Kate, I really can't think of a family that's that's more charitable. You guys are up there in at least the top two of all time for me. So I just wish you so much continued success with this foundation. It's the Joseph Middlemiss Big Heart Foundation. I'm going to come. I'm coming to the Heart Ball this year. I'm very excited. Yay. It's February 3rd for any of our listeners. It's at the Burlington Marriott. For tickets, please go to jmbigheart.org. We'll put a link up on our website as well. Kate, thank you so much for spending time thank with you us. So you much. really, You really are an exceptional woman. I know you don't want to admit it, but... What you've gone through makes you exceptional because because you don't think you are. So thank you for spending time with us and sharing your story. Thank you for all your care and support. Thanks to Kate Middlemiss for being in the spotlight today on Exceptional Women. It's always an honor and a privilege for Sue and I to be able to shine a light on the change makers and to provide a platform for these incredible people who are out doing meaningful work in their communities. Thank you for paying attention and for helping us create engaging programming. We'd love to hear from you if you know someone who's making a difference and you want them to be on our show. Just email us or send us a message on our Magic Facebook page. You can also follow us on Instagram at sue.tab and at Kendra the Entertainer. And please join us every Sunday morning at 7.30 for another edition of Exceptional Women. Have a great day, everyone.
is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 